0: If you're innovating, creating, or making a difference, this show is for you. Welcome to Over Coffee. I'm Doc Cannon. Here on Over Coffee, we talk with artists and innovators about the process of changing the world in terms of what they do.
1: When the crew gets on board space station, they're not able to smell or taste as well as they would on the ground. Therefore, we want to make sure that the food that we give them is nothing that would be considered bland so that they actually enjoy the taste.
0: Now that school year 2018 to 2019 is underway, some high school science classes are getting to do something pretty amazing. With the NASA Hunch Astronaut Culinary Challenge, students in participating schools get to develop food for the astronauts onboard the International Space Station with a competition to come next spring that will determine the best dish created by student teams. NASA project engineer Allison Westover is the program manager for the NASA Hunch Astronaut Culinary Challenge. Allie, as she prefers to be called, says that although the school year has started, There's still a chance if you'd like to get your class involved in this year's NASA Hunch Astronaut Culinary Challenge. Allie, how did the NASA Hunch Culinary Challenge first get started?
1: It first got started about four years ago. We had some information about a culinary challenge that was happening in the United Kingdom, and we were posed the question of whether or not we had some students that were in our program for Hunch, if they would want to participate. The timeline was very short. Of course, it was in the United Kingdom. And it was coming basically from our science directorate over at NASA. And we said, you know, we, it's too short. So we made the comment. I actually made the comment to my boss and said, well, this is a program that we could actually probably do within HUNCH. And he said, that sounds like a great idea. So I went and talked with the astronaut office and posed the potential for this to be like a challenge, a NASA challenge, and they said that that would be a wonderful idea, and that's how we got started.
0: And this is a really cool program. Your website currently says you have 33 different high schools participating?
1: Correct. That was last year's numbers. This year's numbers we expect even more because I already have more that have contacted me during the summer that are ready to get
0: involved. Which, of course, brings up the question, what if a teacher or principal is listening and says, how do I get involved? What do they do?
1: They can definitely email me, contact me directly, and then I can work with them to get started in the program.
0: Let's talk about what they can expect if the school gets involved in the culinary challenge. They're going to sign up, contact you, you accept them. What happens?
1: Then they need to go to my website, thehunchculinary.com, And on that website, I have a timeline for this school year with some specifics about different items that are due. This is a unique challenge in the sense that it's not your normal kind of culinary competition. Um, Of course, we're making food that would be nutritionally sound for an astronaut. But we're also looking to have the students explore the food science aspects, especially processing of food in a microgravity environment. So there is not only the entree that we worry about, we also worry about a technical paper that shows that they've done their research and a video, a short two-minute video that they create to talk about their product and about how HUNCH has impacted their program.
0: What are some of the considerations we want to keep in mind when we're talking about storing and serving and eating food in microgravity?
1: There's a lot of considerations. (laughs) So basically, the Johnson Food Lab is the one that would be processing whatever food winner we have. They actually have to make the food in small packaging because they have a lot of it that they have to send up. They have several ways that they can process food. They can either process it through thermostabilization, which is kind of the same as like an MRE type format that they do for the military. So basically, the moisture is still there inside of the food product. They can do freeze-drying And whenever they do that, when the crew gets the freeze-dried food up on space station, they then can either add cold or hot water to it to basically kind of reconstitute it and make it edible. And then the other option that we have is just to vacuum fuel things, things like cookies and m ms and things like that. A big aspect of food for the crew, of course, is the nutritional components. And it's not just about trying to be healthy, although... That is a good reason. It's also because there are certain aspects that they have to worry about in space. So if they had too much sodium, for example, then they're going to have problems with edema, fluid in different areas that they don't want in their body. And also our GI tract starts slowing down a lot when we're in space in a microgravity environment. So, of course, we want extra fiber to help with that. And then, of course, we want to have keep them within a certain kind of calorie content range, Each of the astronauts has a flight doctor that is assigned to them, and they're basically keeping track of their calorie counts in relation to the exercise that they also are required to do on space station. And so they want to make sure that they're getting enough calories and nutrition. And the last aspect that we really have to worry about, too, for food that's created for them is that it needs to be flavorful or have some spice to it because when the crew gets on board space station there's a fluid shift and if you look at their pictures you can see that they're a little puppy faced and it's because the fluid is shifting up toward their head and so it gives them a sensation of of being as if they had a cold and so they're not able to smell or taste as well as they would on the ground so therefore we want to make sure that the food that we give them is nothing that would be considered bland so that they actually enjoy the taste.
0: Keeping in mind, enjoying the taste under all these circumstances, you have, I think, astronauts do food evaluations about six to nine months prior to their flights. What kind of foods do they tend to rate highest and lowest?
1: Oh gosh, that's really going to be astronaut dependent. And that would be a very good question that we would need to ask the Johnson Food Lab. But I know that you have different crew that really especially likes their, their ethnic background type of food, you know. If they really enjoyed Italian on the ground, then they're going to want to have some Italian up there. If they, you know, a lot of them really like the breakfast, you know, so they want to make sure that they have a lot of different breakfast items that they can choose from. So there's a quite a variety. They definitely don't want to get bored up
0: there with their food choices. You have a theme for the 2018-2019 school year for the teams to work with, I think.
1: Yes. Our theme this year is either to make a fruit or vegetable side dish.
0: And any considerations? I would never have thought of crumbs as being a concern, but that I saw on your website is. Any considerations, especially when you're working with food or veggies, to make these dishes?
1: It's just a matter of them deciding which way that they think that the food lab might be processing their food. A big thing, of course, is going to be we want to make sure that If it was to have any kind of bread item, it's very difficult to reconstitute a bread item, although it is possible. Last year's winner was actually a blackberry orange croissant casserole, and of course the croissant is a bread item, but we knew and the Johnson Food Lab guessed that if we were going to process that, it would actually turn out to be more like a bread pudding than it would be like what we'd have on the ground as a casserole with a croissant in it. And that's okay because the crew actually really enjoys that kind of thing. And so the other thing is just considering, you know, most a lot of veggies may just do freeze-dried and then reconstitute with either colder or hot water. But there might be other things that they have inside of that, like if they had green beans with some almonds or something like that, then the almonds may not stay as crunchy as you would normally expect on the ground.
0: Over the years that you've had the culinary challenge, what are one or two good food engineering mistakes you've seen the student teams make that they could learn from for this year?
1: The spice level of some of the food. We do talk about the fact that they need flavorfulness and they need some spice, but sometimes some of the teams can go overboard. There actually was an issue, and not with our food teams, but like another team that had made something for the station, and it was spicy green beans. And the spicy green beans actually had some jalapeno powder in it. And after a certain amount of time, that jalapeno powder just kind of sitting there, it actually got hotter. And so it got to the point that the astronauts were no longer able to eat it because it was just overly spicy. So there have been some food teams in our culinary challenge that have had issues with, with spice, and so we try to help them with that. Also, some of the food teams have had some difficulty making sure that they get inside the nutritional requirements. And so we've worked with them to help them figure out kind of alternate ways that they could meet their fiber content and and such.
0: What kind of a time commitment are we talking about for the student teams that are participating in the culinary challenge through the school year?
1: So time commitment is just really going to be based on the teachers and how they want to implement it into their classroom or as an outside-of-school program, we've actually had it happen both ways. Most of them are involved in other kinds of culinary challenges, you know, or culinary events across the U.S. And a lot of times these teams will decide that instead of, you know, perhaps going to another culinary competition, they'll choose ours to focus on. We tend to give them a lot of time in this timeline if you, you know, look at it. There's quite a bit of time for them to work on things for this, so we don't feel like it's going to be overly overwhelming to them to be able to add this into their program. And the results of it and the ability to put this on their resume is quite a lot.
0: What was one of your own favorite moments from this past spring's final culinary challenge?
1: I mean, it's just so neat to see all of the students come together that have made the top 10 and come down to Johnson Space Center.
0: And just
1: to watch all of them working and getting ready and getting their dishes prepared for our judges, it's amazing to see all their work and all their teamwork on these products.
0: You also emailed me that on the space station right now are over 450 items produced by students as part of the HUNCH program. If anybody listening is thinking, well, I really don't want to do food preparation, do they have something else?
1: Oh, yes.
0: What are those other programs?
1: Yes, we have a lot. HUNCH, the acronym for HUNCH is High School Students United with NASA to Create Hardware. So when we first started the HUNCH program 15 years ago, it was primarily to build hardware for Space Station, so manufacturing. Over the years, we've added several different other components. We also, aside from manufacturing that we still do a lot of for Space Station, we also do a soft goods program, which is things like the astronaut sleeping bag, cargo transfer bag, anything that you see on Space Station that's white, that is considered soft goods. Then we also have a video challenge program that we had started, And that's just basically to do educational videos in regard to different components of NASA so that other students across the country could learn a little more about NASA. We also have a design and prototype program. And that program, sometimes you can find that in your physics classes or your engineering design classes. Really, any teacher that's interested in having students to create a solution to a real problem that they're having on space station. And we get these real problems from meeting with the astronaut office. We meet with flight crew systems. We meet with the engineering directorate. And they basically tell us different problems that we might have. And so then they spend the entire school year designing and making prototypes that we can then test and see how they work. And we have different reviews in that process. That's another big program. I'm heavily involved with that one as well. And that one can actually be found at hunchdesign.com. And so we have that. And then we also have a new software program that was just started last year. We're working with the Ames software engineers out in California. And so they have different kinds of problems that they have experienced on space station and they want to see if there's some students that can develop a good solution to it.
0: Wow. Why didn't they have these when I was in school? This is amazing. I know, right? (laughs) And for more of an overall look...
1: You know, if people want to learn more about our HUNCH program, they can also go to our nasahunch.com website and that covers the gamut of all the programs that we have because there may be some, like you said, that don't have the culinary you know, side of the house, but they have other aspects that they'd like to get their students involved in.
0: I'm specifically thinking of Cal State down here and thinking the younger brothers of some of these robotics people I know would absolutely love that software challenge you just mentioned.
1: Oh, definitely. And that's perfect because, you know, Ames is right there in California and they're the ones that we work with on all of our software projects.
0: And although the 2018 fall semester has already begun...
1: Even if there's a school that, you know, is coming up on the deadline and and they're a few days past it, they can certainly contact me and I'm sure that we can, you know, work them in and see how that would work for them.
0: Allie, if people could only get one thing from the Hunch Culinary Challenge and from you about innovation, creativity, and making a difference, what would you want that takeaway to be?
1: That anybody can produce things for NASA that there are not just engineers that work on projects for NASA, that we have all kinds of people that work on projects for NASA, and so we want to open up the doors and open up the minds of students and teachers to realize that there's a lot out there for them to be working on.
0: Allie, thank you for your time today. Well, thank you. You and I have been listening to Allie Westover, NASA project engineer and program manager for NASA's Hunch Astronaut Culinary Challenge. As Allie mentioned, HUNCH is the acronym for high school students united with NASA to create hardware. You'll find more information on the HUNCH astronaut culinary challenge at hunchculinary.com. That's hunchculinary.com. Meanwhile, if you'd like to know more about the additional NASA HUNCH programs, including the design and prototyping and their video and media program, check out nasahunch.com. That's nasahunch.com. And that concludes this edition of Over Coffee. Thank you for listening. Listen to additional episodes of Over Coffee on our website, 2Mavericks.com. That's 2-T-W-O, Mavericks, M-A-V-E-R-I-X, mavericks.com And you can contact us at twomavericks at gmail.com. The music you're hearing is royalty-free production music provided by Pond5 at pond5.com. I'm Dot Cannon. Here's wishing you a cappuccino day.